Hello and a welcome to the Crafty Junior and Friends podcast, where we talk about the path to achieving your dreams and all of the bullshit that life throws at you along the way. I'm your host, Queen Bee. Let's check in with Crafty Junior. Crafty Junior, what are you drinking today? I wish I was drinking a 40 ounce, maybe it's not 40 ounce, but a large beer in a total frosty mug. Mm. Strong yeah. mug. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, today we also have another friend uh, of the show, Antique Annie. What are you drinking today? I wish I had a big old bushwhacker from the Florabama. One of my favorite. What drinks. is a what's it's a bushwhacker? Like a, it's like a frozen mudslide, kind of a chocolatey okay. drink with the cherry mm. on top. Gotcha. Well, I have been drinking quite a bit of beer, and so I have switched over to wine because I have a. I went to Napa in March, and apparently I purchased a lot of wine, um, which is a nice surprise when you get home and you see what wine you happen to order. Um, so I'm having a bottle of wine from Napa trip. Um, so surprise, awesome. Do you have so, any cheese to go with that wine? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I have to tell you, I had the most amazing cheese. We were at the Prius Vineyard, like a tasting. And this lady brought out a little spread to go with all the wines that we were tasting. And it was black truffle Havarti. And it Mm. is the most amazing cheese I have ever had. I've tried to get it here locally, and I found some kind of knockoffs, but I still get it. It is so good. So if you have not tried anything black truffle, it's just so smooth. Mm. Give me some black truffle Havarti cheese. I bet it'd make so. a great mac and cheese. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yes. Well, on to today's topic. Today, we're going to talk more about processing kind of how we go about taking the items that we have gotten that we are going to flip and kind of the most efficient organized way to kind of process those things. So um, Crafty Jr., I know a couple podcasts ago, we were talking with you and the Coupon Queen and you guys had your car almost filled up to the brim. Although in the pictures that I saw, there was still about a foot um, of space, so there was still plenty of space to add more things, but effectively a car full of, of items. So how, how do you, can you remind uh, the listeners how you process what happens when stuff comes back to your abode, and how do you process that stuff to get it ready to get put online and then shipped out? Well, first to start with, I unload it, and since I'm right now my jam is old shoes, um, I need to decide what shoes really need to get washed, the deep washed, and others just get, need to get wiped off. So I put the ones that need to get washed in a bucket, and the others go in the other bucket and wash them. Then they go out to dry in the sun, and then I bring them in, list them, and. Um, They get, you know, pictures taken, bagged, labeled, and numbers go back in a crate, and then they go outside where Coupon Queen puts them in um, numerical order, freak. And um, (laughs) 
She spreadsheets that shit. And then anyway. I thought I was OCD, but okay, I'm feeling really good about myself. So thank you. (laughs) So she does that. And then when the order comes, she pulls the item, gets the shipping ready, and she does the shipping. Now, if it's other things, you know, non-shoes, then it's the same number system that we have. You know, it gets priced and numbered, but there's not a lot of organization like clothes go in this bucket and cause we just don't, we don't have enough buckets, but right now okay. I'm just really focusing on shoes cause those are moving mm-hmm. and the, that's about it. And then I know that you use primarily the garage, right? But you also have your little alcove in yeah. your office area there. So approximately how much of your garage is filled with items that are ready to be or need to be flipped? What percent would you say? Well, the ones that are already, well, it depends. There's some that are listed and some that are not processed yet, meaning not okay. the bag hasn't been gone through. Mm-hmm. So we, I think she said we had nine, nine crates full of shoes. And then there's about 12 crates full of other stuff. And probably on the garage floor, there's probably still 12 bags from the last Goodwill run. Okay. And the crates are already, those are processed and spreadsheeted. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Antique Annie, um, when you go through, I know that you have, well, it's a garage, but it's a massive shop. And that is the place that you use to, so can you walk us through kind of how you process your items? So my husband will basically start feeding me stuff. He unpacks the boxes and he brings them over and starts feeding me things that we've gotten on the latest trip. And as he's doing that, I'm cleaning removing price tags, making a note of the price of what we paid of them. Um, And then depending on how much cleaning, some of it goes in the house and the dishwasher to be cleaned. And some of it, you know, has to be, um, uh, it's a Kramer's antique uh, wood restore, but it'll restore metal and different things. So I may hit that on the product and then price it. And then I've got um, a black tub for the man cave and then I have a black tub for, um, it's not the woman cave. I guess I should call it the she shed, but it's more like for the, for the household good stuff. But, but since I said that now, now I'm, my brain's running and thinking I re- need to rename the, the other one. So might do that. <laughs> so, but then we price it and then um, we've got it stored um, in stacks. So as I take them out, I'll take maybe four or five tubs for each booth, depending on how much time I have. So okay. like I'm and out of town just, now, so I can't refresh. So it's just all sitting in the shop. And just to refresh from the last podcast, you have two different booths within the same um, business. Yes. And so one is more focused on, and that's why you called it the man cave. And the other one right. is more focused on household items. Okay. Right. So in, in your big um, garage, that you have, I, I'm going to call it a shop because it's not really, it's I know a, it has doors shop. like a garage. It's, yeah, but it's a shop. Many, it's essentially know, a shop. How many square feet 
1800 square foot shop with a, with a mezzanine over a certain part of it. Um, and there are three oversized garage doors. And when we built the shop, the shop was built because my husband had always wanted to build a shop when we first got together. And I said, well, why aren't you building your shop? And he goes, I don't know. I said, build your shop. So that's what he built. He always wanted it for that. So he's got, he's been in the construction industry for over 40 years. So he's got his construction tools. He's got, you know, everything he needs there. But then we also were collecting antiques and honest to God, we still have boxes from 10 years ago that we have not even touched because when we started um, hitting up the Goodwill outlets and then we started going to auctions and then we started doing other things, that stuff is still setting ready to be priced. So my goal is to, to get through that in the summer because my children apparently have other ideas. They want to have a dumpster fire and drink wine. Um, you know, and to me, it's like, that's not very smart on their part because there's a lot of money sitting there. So anyway, we've cleaned out the mezzanine because we also, because of the work we do on our professional side, we have things stored in the mezzanine. So we've been cleaning some of that out. We don't have to keep it anymore. So, um, and I've been collecting suitcases and I use those for staging and then I use them to sell and things. So we're, we're slowly getting through there and we've, we've made it to where we've got room. Um, I want a walnut countertop and so does my husband. So in order to do that, we have to have the same square footage of our kitchen in that shop. So that's our goal this year. So he can build it because we got a hundred year old house and you can't build it in place there. It, it fluctuates a little bit. So he's got to build it in the shop first. So so Crafty Jr., did you get a lady boner when she was talking about? A little lady boner. That's a 1,800 square feet. That's a flipping dream. Yeah, but God, you live in the get city. Out of California. We got to get, we got to, we're moving to Kansas. Dude, the house that you have there, um, you could buy, you could buy 10 acres and have a shop and a house. Just saying. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about the taxes. God bless America. I know. I know. I know. When I saw your, when I saw your shop, at, that's a lady boner of the boners. That is that was amazing. I, I'm glad we could help you with that. It wasn't. It wasn't all. You know, you guys are pretty organized too. Um, we, we are, um, but there are times where, um, a couple of our kids will come over and they like almost have a heart attack because it's overwhelming. But like you, yeah. like you and coupon queen, we mm. are organized in that we've got the black totes with the yellow lids and everything's labeled on the right. outside. Um, because I've also been trying in this endeavor because it makes it easier when it's seasonal stuff coming through. Um, mm for Christmas and Halloween and things like that. And I've got, a, I actually have a friend at sentimental who sells Christmas in July, which made me have a deja vu flashback to crafty because there was a craft show that she would go to. And I can't remember what part of Southern California, but it was Christmas in July and she would sell all of her Christmas ornaments there. And she would always sell out and do really well. Well, my friend Lisa sells um, antique Christmas and she, you know, after the Christmas season, she starts scavenging um, Goodwills and Salvation Armies and, and auctions and things and buys more of those. And she'll sell them 
in a unit, like, you know, a six pack in the old original box. A lot of times the boxes I find like that are disintegrated and I just got the box and I'll sell them for two bucks an ornament, which people are like, oh my God, because a lot of them are selling for six or eight bucks. My idea was I want to bring people into my booth and I want them to buy a lot more. So I'll, I'll pay, I'll charge less to get more volume moving through. So I think I ended up, I had like 400 Christmas bulbs like that, um, individually priced. And I had 25 left from last year. So I think when I finally do get home, um, I'm going to do like a Christmas in July. And we actually picked up a couple of things in Duluth at an antique store that were a slamming price for these um, old um, plastic light up um, toy soldier things that if you go to any other store, they're charging over hundred dollars. And I got it for 25, 20, 20% off of 25 bucks for both of them. So I'm like, so when I see deals like that in an antique store, that's what I look. I also hit up the booths that are 50% off, but anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. So sorry. <laughs> so I, I just, I saw the shine in uh, crafty junior's face. So I just had to ask that question. So back to the shop, you, it's, it seems very efficient. You, um, you and construction Charlie have a process that you go through, right. Um, for, for getting the items from the trailer, from the truck into the shop and kind of process. So how many containers do you already have ready to go? And I was just looking through my Google photos cause I thought I snapped a picture because the last time I was there, it looked pretty high, like 10, 15, bins high it, it was but you have to realize part of that also went to the swap meet so we took half of that large stack there probably were 60 tubs sitting there and oh, how construction yeah. charlie got them uh, all the way up there i'll have no idea but um he probably doesn't want you to know either yeah no <laughs> no, no um because i i've i've kind of got a wall so i can't see everything so if he's doing something that's not osha rated i can't see yeah. and yeah <laughs> I, i'm sure i would have a heart attack but uh okay. yeah so we we ended up taking about 30 of those boxes to the swap meet and came home with you know i think six or seven that were full and a couple of them had glass in them um crystal not uh, cheap glass. It's, it's actually lead crystal. So I just haven't bitten the bullet to crush that or throw that away just because crystal is still valuable. And a lot of people are not buying full, beautiful sets together. They're buying pieces and doing more of an eclectic plate setting. Um, so we have, we probably have about 30 boxes ready to go for the antique store that are ready, already priced. Um, but because, we were so efficient in doing that. I've got to go back kind of, I got to pop the lids and see kind of what's in there. So I know if I'm going to, if it's fall, I want to put fall out. If it's spring, I don't want to touch spring. Um, You know, I want to go with the right seasons. And, and this has evolved because at at one time we were just putting everything we had out there. It didn't matter what season it was. Well, then I noticed that other dealers were doing more of a, a themed kind of thing. And they had so many more people in their booth. And I'm like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. So, um, you know, like I'll put a Christmas tree up in the, you know, probably right after Halloween and and put all the ornaments on there. I started hanging uh, fishing lures on them, too, just because that's what's in the man cave. So I just try to utilize 
things and make it look appealing. I want people to come in. So I want to make it interesting. So there's a lot of booths that have so much crap in them that you can't even walk in there and it's hard to see anything. So sometimes too much is too much. I'd rather have less and have people interested and want to stay and look around. So did you kind of find that hard to be disciplined with that? Cause obviously you have plenty of, of inventory right to be able to do that is it have you ever it's, had a challenge at, at the beginning of saying okay let's edit ourselves it's construction charlie has a real issue with that so anymore i typically take the things that i want to take and i'll what i'll do instead of trying to work on two booths in one day because it's overwhelming um i'll do um, a total remake on one. And when I do that, I dust, I move things around and that's huge. Is that in pantyhose this... thing? No, the I just took the... a microfiber okay. cloth. Okay. Save the pantyhose when I have to do the other stuff, sister. Okay. Uh, so the, the big thing is in the antique stores, you'll get a lot of repeat customers. So if they keep coming by the same booth, cause I've got, we've gone to the same antique stores on different trips we've been on. And this shit's in the same spot. Like it's never moved. We walk on by that booth. We walk on by booths that don't have any space to walk in. Um, we always stop at the ones that have sales because um, we're looking at it a little bit differently. But I'll rearrange. Like we have a lot of um, salt and pepper shakers from Japan. Um, if they're made in Japan, that's great. If they're occupied Japan, that's pre-World War II. Um, no, I take that back. It's after World War II. But it, anyway, it's highly sought after. So I'll take those and move those to a completely different area. Um, the mammies, I'll, I've got them in a big glass case and I'll change them and just change the whole direction of the booth. But by changing it, people come in and they're like, oh, I didn't see that before when it was, it's always been there. So, and then I've got a huge um, hand carved, um, redwood hutch and i put a stupid price on it because i don't want to sell it i need it for staging i told construction charlie you know that we just need to um put a stupid price on it so we've got staging things because when we start selling um you have to have some permanent pieces in your in your space so you don't have to when when they sell a larger item the store staff is really good about moving stuff around and placing it for you but you don't want to ever want to have anything on the floor. So, and then I'll go over and do the same thing in his space. And then sometimes I see stuff that has been there for a year or more and we've moved it and moved it and moved it. And it's like, okay, sorry, this is your, you're, you're done. You're, you're going bye-bye. So I'll just pull stuff and it, it disappears. <laughs> so, so, back to the the holidays thing obviously christmas in july is july it's christmas stuff but with the other holidays are you starting to put stuff in your booth about like two months before the holidays um yeah at least like christmas would be right after halloween and with christmas you'd also have a small section for you know turkeys and thanksgiving and stuff i usually have the halloween thanksgiving and christmas because those are my favorite holidays like other people, they have all this beautiful spring and all that fluffy stuff. I just don't have it. And I didn't get a chance. I've got the banners. I've got the stuff to decorate for 4th of July. 
I've been out of town working, so I don't have that opportunity to do it. So, so do you also do, so Crafty Junior and Coupon Queen's favorite holidays are the days directly after the holidays where things are discounted and price slashed. Do you, (laughs) do you do that in your booth for some of those holiday things? Um, not until January because Christmas stuff is usually pretty popular. So, so at Sentimental Journey, they will do, um, the outdoor market at the end of the month. So we always do like a 20 or 25% off of everything in the booth. Um, and we get lots of sales that way. Um, and then they'll have other, you know, grand openings or, um, spring fling or whatever. And we typically will do sales, um, with that this month is probably the first month we've never run a sale and we've done just fine. Um, but people when they come to the outdoor market, they're looking for, you know, it's more like a flea marketing thing, but it's, it's mainly for vendors who have not been able to move, um, items in the store and now they're bringing them out or it's just stuff that they didn't want to put in their booth and they're selling them out that way. So, um, yeah, because now they're making us, I used to be able to just call and say, Hey, I want to do this. Now they're actually making us fill out a form and all of that. And I just don't have, um, I just don't have the time to do it right now. So one of the things that, um, on a previous podcast I'd asked Crafty Jr. was as far as flipping goes, what what are you looking to get um, in return? So her, for the stuff that she was flipping, she typically looks for a three times that she's going to be able to buy something and then flip it for three times the cost. On the antique side specifically, what mm-hmm. kind of, what multiplier are you looking at when you go about trying to find something to flip specifically at, at least double at, at least double and crafty crafty senior was the one that always um told me that if it costs you a dollar to make then you sell it for two dollars that way you get your um the cost of your materials back antiques is a little bit different and it just it kind of depends like there are times I know I will take a loss on something but if it draws somebody in and gets them to buy other things along the same lines, I, I can make more money that way. So sometimes I will for sure take a loss on things, not usually a whole lot, but I, I want to draw them in to get them to, you know, look at the other stuff. And there are people that are oh. specifically only looking for one thing. So, you know, and, it might be a school bell. It might be, you know, salt and pepper shakers that they had when their grandma was old and it's in a sunflower pattern. And if I'm in the store and they're asking me and I'm like, I, you know, I don't personally have that, but let's go up front and ask there, you know, the gals up there might know. So it's, sorry, it's not a definitive answer. It's not a definitive answer for you. I, I don't, as long as I can get double what I paid, I'm happy. But when I can make four, five, 10 times more then I'm like party, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Antique Annie, you have asked um, Crafty Jr. what the weirdest thing that she's flipped um, has been. So what is the weirdest thing that you have flipped? Hmm. I don't think anything weird. Um, no antique sex toys or anything? Um, <laughs> well... I can tell you, I I just had this conversation with Construction Charlie 
So there was a long time ago. So he's worked in the construction industry for years and his brothers worked with him and one of his sons worked with him in that business. And now he's in a totally different unrelated business. Well, semi unrelated. Um, they were on a job site one day and the guys were throwing uh, construction debris away and they ran across a box of nine boxes of dildos still in the box. So um, construction, Charlie, there was a time where he had his own little antique store going and, um, and he would do garage sales, like, I don't know, a couple times a year and he'd make four or five grand at the garage sale. So he set up his garage sale and he had a curtain and it was for adults only. So not only did he sell these already boxed dildos, I mean, they were still in their boxes and they were like fruit flavored dildos, but he would sell the dildos and, and, uh, playboys and hustlers and sex magazines that they would find in the dumpsters that people threw away. Yeah. Like somebody. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, Oh my God, you have got to tell that story. He goes, I will not be telling that story. And I'm like, okay, fine. I will. Okay. I will. <laughs> well, it's interesting because there is, I mean, people collect everything. They collect and everything. And I'm like, I'm like, people actually came there like your neighbors? And he goes, yeah, my neighbors came there too. And I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? They he bought goes, a whole Ikea bag of dildos. <laughs> well, he said it wasn't like they were unwrapped. They were all, it was like a case of boxed dildos. And I'm like, and they came in flavors? He goes, yeah. Neighbor they Nancy's really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my Lord. So now there was a time when I lived at Anaheim, there were people that lived there and would throw everything away. Somebody threw away a Lane Hope chest that had this ugly avocado look on it. And my neighbor, Art, got it. He was a, a woodworking guy in the Navy and he stripped the avocado. I found clothes. We found um, pictures and different things. And I'm like, yeah. You pulled a heart iron shaped like patio set from the dumpster it wasn't okay so that's actually called a parlor um ice cream shop it's an antique my bad and yep. not only was it not only was it like that so i refinished it and painted it white and then when i so i got that from anaheim and then when i moved to missouri one of the guys i worked with was a woodworker so i had him make an oak tabletop and oak seats and it was mm -hmm. beautiful and i wanted to take it with me when i had to move across country but i was not um it was frowned upon um in my past life so i sold it for 350 dollars. that free dumpster and i paid 150 for the seats and the tabletop but i made some good money on that broke my heart but i made some good money on that i thought you were gonna protest and say it wasn't in the dumpster it was sitting next to the dumpster um it might have been <laughs> it might have been but i but i used to buy uh old um suitcases um in benton county in in oregon and i got them for five bucks a piece you can't touch vintage suitcases for under 45 bucks now unless you're really really lucky and i would use them i'd stack them and use them as a end table next to a chair so yeah, I've had to get rid of those too, because they just, they weren't um, books and considered something you could use to en enrich your life. So yeah, 
So I had to get rid of those, but you know, it's all good. You know, I, I can make my own. To, you know, I think one of the things that I could never understand why my dad and my aunt and uncle in um, Evansville, they'd go antiquing all the time. And I never understood why they'd, they'd have so much fun there, you know, and my dad would say, you just wait, you know, you'll be interested in things when you get a little bit older. And I was like, never going to happen. Well, now, obviously, mm -hmm. it's, there's so much fun in it. And although I'm not, I don't really have an eye for antiques, I definitely am learning more and learning more and talking to you. I've learned a lot just today, mm -hmm. but it is interesting and it is, it is fun. And to be able to look up, you know, it's, it's very easy to look up stuff now, you right. know, with Google and you used to have to carry books around. You used to have to carry uh, paperback books around if you wanted to yeah. look up something you were collecting. Well, like you were saying, you know, in your previous life, you know, I can understand how, you know, maybe your husband didn't like, couldn't understand the joy and it couldn't understand, you know, just like he was into things that his brain was different and he like. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. I can totally understand like the excitement now, you know, before I, I couldn't. And so I think it just depends when you start to get into it and you actually flip something for the first time, then you're like, hey, this is money yeah, I'm asking for. The first time I really started flipping something, I lived in Oregon and I found a pair of Cole Haan shoes and I knew that they were an expensive pair of shoes and they were a size five. Well, I'm a size 10, mm -hmm. um, but they hadn't really been worn. And I put them on eBay and I thought, I'll just try the the bid process. You know, I put them on there for, I think, 25 bucks by now. They ended up selling for like $85 because somebody wanted them. But they were, somebody else knew what they were worth. Right. So it's kind of fun. And I haven't done a whole lot of that because I'm never home to ship. I, I had to go on the road one time and I had about six things listed. I took them to Florida with me. Yeah. And then I had to package them and send them in and all of that. So I'm like, I like selling on eBay because it's easy, you know, just drop them off and go. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't have that luxury right now. So, mm -hmm. and it's, it's the thrill of the find. And then it's also the thrill of cleaning up something and giving it new life. Like I like flipping furniture. Um, I like, so it's kind of like um, a lot of furniture is wood. What are you eyeballing me for? I don't have that um, the desire to clean up and make it, you know, fresh. And well, I mean, the shoes that you have to clean up because you're doing you know, the, You're doing stuff. the same thing, though. Okay, I'm doing so the same thing, but I don't have but, the appreciation for like. And Crafty Junior, yours is when the printer. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. Yours is when the printer starts going. You can hear the printer. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is when you're like when that. Yeah. So, I, Everybody has a little bit of yeah. a different aspect. So right? we took we yeah. took a vanity from the 1940s and and um, construction Charlie cut the center out of it and took the mirror off, and he gave me the two drawers, and I um, I didn't even strip them. I just treated them and put new hardware on them and sold them for 120 bucks. I think we got that piece. Uh, I think it was a. We picked it up from uh, one of the, our coworkers for free. So a lot of times 
old school thought is, oh, it's wood. You don't want to paint a hardwood. And I'm like, but if you don't paint it, people won't buy it. So painting, Mm -hmm. um, chalk painting is big, but also um, sanding the edges to make it look like it's just a little bit worn, but then put new hardware to make it look a little bit more modern or make it ombre where it's darker at the bottom and lighter at the top. I did that on a, somebody gave me an orange chest of drawers. Ombre, ombre. (laughs) It was an orange, a hideous orange dresser with hideous handles. And I painted it a uh, blue gray, really dark at the bottom and went lighter to the top. And then I put glass knobs on it and it, it sold in like a month, but you know, it was a free dresser and I probably sold it for, you know, 75 or 85 bucks it wasn't a really super nice dresser, but I'm like, it's just kind of fun to take something that looks craptastic and give it a new life and make it look beautiful that somebody would want that piece as a statement piece in their home. So that's kind of why I like doing some of the stuff I do. Now, construction, Charlie, he's like, oh, it's just more shit sitting around taking up space in my shop. Well, yeah, but, you know, quit feeding me shit to price and I could get this stuff done. <laughs> Who's in charge here? Construction, Charlie. <laughs> Be real. Well, so okay. Today we we talked about the different ways of processing, and it sounds like both of you use bends, right? You have mm-hmm. to have the bends. Um, obviously, Crafty Junior and Coupon Queen use a spreadsheet. What are mm-hmm. some of the uh, the tools that each of you have to have in addition to those as you're processing? Maybe Crafty Junior, could you go first? What okay, what kind of tools you mean? So what do you need as far as like, do you have a certain number of um, bins that you need to have, or do you just grow about that at when you need them? Do you need a, a scale? Do you need obviously the printer and paper so you can hear? Um, well, yeah, you're, so not you need you're not supposed to be printing dollar bills. I'm just saying that. Right. <laughs> Cash is king. <laughs> um, no, we obviously we need... Um, you know, plastic bags, stickers, um, scale, printer, paper. Um, the crates, we're having a hard time with the crates now. We need, we really need to go buy some more. But we're just keep hoping like, oh, we're just going to sell, you know, enough this mm-hmm. week to have another crate. But the black crates are really, keeps us organized. Um, I think that's about it. Okay. There's not a lot of we just use we just use those black boxes so when we've got enough of those boxes that we've lent them out for people moving family from family and friends moving and then we get them back so usually what we do is um, once we start moving these totes these black totes are like 27 gallons or something with a lid so we can stack them Um, they come back empty we store those in a different area so that as we make it through that pile then we can start loading up and adding more boxes. And I've just got price tags. I've got um, strings, string uh, that are this big on rolls, but I've got antique uh, string holders so I can string it through and and use that because I like using some of the antique stuff. Um, And then pins for pricing. And, you know, I need to get smart and make new price tags that already have the booth number on them. And then all I have to do is fill it in. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'll, I'll get there at some point. It's It, it must not be immediate and uh, a priority because I haven't done it yet. 
mainly because I haven't seen what I like. I mean, I just want it to look cool. I started using photo strips because um, you can buy faux photo strips from the craft store and online. And I would cut each picture and, and you know, have my own. Well, then somebody else started copying me. So it's like, shit, I want to do something unique. And, you know, mm-hmm. where people are copying. I know. Yeah. Can't be creative on their own. So they steal other people's shit. So you burn yeah. their, burn their booth down. I should, <laughs> should just go shim them, but you know, whatever. Yeah. That's okay. I'll, I'll find other things. Like a lot of times we'll go to these auctions and we'll get photographs or postcards. So I'll just mm-hmm. use those instead. So, and that works great too. Cause the vintage po- photograph or the vintage postcards, um, there's really a unique market for that. And there's not a lot of people buying that stuff. So I just cut them and use them as, um, you know, my price tags and they look cool or, um, old playing cards, same thing, just something that stands out and people see it. All right. Well, we are at the part of the podcast where we ask, where would you list it? So we talked about a parlor set, um, four chairs and a small table that, um, antique annie you found next to a dumpster it was not in a dumpster so not dumpster diving but now like once you cleaned it up and everything now if you had that set where would you list it um would you put it in your shop would you potentially put it on facebook marketplace ebay where where would you list that now it'd probably be on marketplace but i'd probably take it to the antique store and actually the guy that um did the the top for me because i was moving um I told, I told him we were moving and he's like, Hey, I'll buy it from you. I made it. I'll buy it from you. And I said, okay, I'll give you a good deal on it. You know, cause he knew, he knew the value of what it was and they were antique. Um, and he just helped, he helped take something that did not look good and it was really rough and broken down and made it help me make it look good. So he was the right person for that. And sometimes it happens that way. So, um, you know, or we'd have special garage sales or, um, you know, special showings. Yeah, I think we're getting to a point where we may be starting a showing at the place. Hmm. I don't know, just because we've got so much hmm. stuff and I'm tired of transporting it, but it would be fun to be home and let my dogs attack people as they come and, you know, scare the crap out of them. Too. <laughs> it's more fun to see the reaction. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Crafty Junior and Friends podcast. Again, thanks, Antique Annie, for joining us as our friend today on the podcast. I'm your MC Queen Bee. Watch out for those deals and tune in next time.